Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. I want to read a story to start tonight, and it's in Luke chapter 2, verses 40 to 52. It's a really challenging story because these parents lost Jesus. That's a pretty scary thought, isn't it? To lose Jesus. Jesus' parents lost him in the crowd. Luke 2, 40 to 52. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts. He's 12 years old, and they lost their 12-year-old for three days. Can you imagine what was going on in their thoughts and minds? They thought he was traveling with some of the other relatives, but uh, it wasn't. Three days he was lost, but he wasn't lost. He was found, but they just didn't know where he was. And uh, it says, They found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Typical parent, typical mother. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Wow. And now Mary and Joseph are trying to think, Jesus, what are you, what are you on about? And he's sitting there with all the learned, trained, religious leaders, and he's asking questions and debating and talking with them. But they did not understand what he was saying. Then he went down to Genazareth with them and was obedient to them. So he wasn't deliberately being disobedient. He was just drawn to fulfill the call of God on his life. And sometimes as we're growing, sometimes even our own families, people close to us, our friends, don't really understand what's, what God has planted inside of us and it's growing and developing. And sometimes we just don't see it unless we have the eyes of faith and the eyes of revelation. So he went down as obedient to him, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Verse 52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Tonight I want to talk about growing, growing. You watch a little child and you watch them grow. You don't have to every day when they wake up and say, grow kid, just keep growing. It just happens. As long as you feed them, keep them uh, safe, and, uh, and look after them, they grow. Teenagers, they just grow explosively at times. I remember when I was about 15, um, we, we had our school holidays over Christmas for about six or seven weeks. When we got back, some people had grown about this much in six weeks. I thought, what happened to you? And they looked at me and said, what happened to you? Because we'd all just explosively grown in that uh, teenage years. And sometimes our lives physically just grow so quickly. And other times it seems like snail's pace and nothing is changing. It's the same emotionally, 
mentally and spiritually. There are times where it's like explosive growth is happening and other times it just seems to go so slow and sometimes we think we're going backwards. But tonight I want to talk about God's plan is growth. God's plan in your life personally is for you to keep growing. Whether you're an excitable teenager, a young adult, whatever area of life, or whether you think, well, I've stopped growing. Maybe there's someone here that's 75 or 80 years old say, boy, I've been, my body's been winding down now for years. But let me tell you, you can still be growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You can be growing in wisdom. You can be growing with understanding of how to help people because you've got all this experience now. So you can never stop growing until you breathe your last breath here and then you go and have the rest of your journey in heaven. So what an amazing journey that's going to be. So God's called us to grow. It's His plan. And it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And they, the parents didn't fully understand it, but they could see Jesus, 12-year-old, debating and discussing with all these amazing religious leaders. They were just stunned. They just could not understand it. And I just get excited when I see someone grow so quickly. You see someone come to Christ from no Christian background, and in six months you say, wow, how did you get that much spiritual understanding? Or you watch someone that launches out on a, on a course or a study or a career, and they've had little background, and you think, boy, they're going to struggle for years. Twelve months down the track, they're, they're outpacing others that have been doing this for, for many years. They think, how did that happen? It's like something switched in their mind, huh? and they studied, they applied, and they just grew so quickly. And God wants us to grow, not to settle, not to become comfortable, and to stay where we are. Luke 1 verse 80 in the Amplified, it says, The child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit, and he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance to Israel as John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah. So this is the previous chapter. John the Baptist kept growing in wisdom and strength and authority. He's living out in the deserts. He was a crazy guy. Wore camel's hair. And I've ridden a camel, and they're not very comfortable to ride, and their hair is not very nice. So he ate, ate locusts and, and had camel hair. He was a strange guy, but he grew in authority. And when he came out of the desert preaching, people could not ignore him. How awesome it is when you see someone grow in authority in their life. They grow in their spiritual understanding. They grow in confidence in their workplace or in their um, relationships. Someone that was shy and, and lacked confidence and stumbling along and, and just had no focus in their life. And to see when they get connected with Jesus and they find a purpose, all of a sudden they grow. And how awesome it is to see that confidence grow in their lives. I watched this happen just recently. I was in Thailand and I took Tim over with my son. And I watched him grow so quickly in six days in Thailand with confidence and authority. Oh, it, he started off, we had this panel and first time he'd ever sort of spoken through an interpreter. And then a few nights later he preached and within three days he just grew with such confidence and authority. I sat there and think, that is so awesome. Just given the right opportunity with the right attitude and heart and it's amazing how you can grow. I know where um, Troy and, uh, and the guys got thrown into India early in the year and I was supposed to go and preach and I rang them and said, I'm not coming guys, you're it. And, and, I, and I heard this groan on the other end of the phone in India. 
told them why I wasn't going. And, uh, and then I talked to Pastor Abraham and said, they just stepped up and went for it. Because sometimes you just got to get the challenge and get stretched. Otherwise, we'll all stay in our comfort zone. We really, really will. And so tonight, I want to just have a look at grow, growth, and it's God's plan for our life. 1 Samuel 2.26, it says, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. So we see children, young people, they grow, and sometimes there's growth spurts. And you see a little child or you see a teenager, and all of a sudden they just grow. Or you start going to the gym and your muscles just don't seem to grow. But you keep working at it, and all of a sudden, within a couple of weeks, they just start to expand rapidly because you have to do the hard work to get there. Or your mental capacity. I remember when I first started working in the bank, when I first left high school, and you had to serve hundreds of new people, and the manager said, try and remember as many names as you can. I'm thinking, mate, some of them you only see once a fortnight. But I set out to try and remember as many people's names. So when they'd bring a check or a withdrawal form or their passbook or, or, or their card, whatever, I'd just try and remember their names. And I was amazed over a few months. I learned hundreds of people's names. And I've made that as a goal in my life to keep remembering people's names. And it's amazing what you can do when you give it a focus and the Holy Spirit's there to help you and you get confidence. So... Growth is God's plan. Number one, we see that happening. We saw it in Jesus, in Samuel, in uh, John the Baptist, and we see it in our lives that you can grow quickly. Number two, the body of Christ, the church, is to grow. Ephesians 4.14 says, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and crafters of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So God has called us personally to grow and keep on growing in our walk with God, to grow in our faith. Sometimes when storms or challenges come, you can say, well, this is too hard. Or you can say, God, I need to stretch to another level of faith. And that's why God allows some challenges to come your way. That workmate or that new neighbor or someone that's just so difficult transformation that new resident comes in and it just seems like everything they do annoys you. Guess what? It's an opportunity to grow or you can get angry and upset. And that's our choice. You can say, God, I'm going to grow in grace. I'm going to grow in understanding. I'm going to grow and learn and understand why this person frustrates me. Because sometimes they're a mirror to your own soul. Sometimes the very thing that annoys you about someone else is a mirror to something in your soul similar that you don't realize is frustrating and annoying others. And it's an opportunity to look at it and say, God, help me to grow and change. Sometimes you'll see someone that seems to be growing quicker in their spiritual walk. Say, how come? How come they've just gone straight past me and God's given them all these opportunities and I'm left here floundering and saying, God, have you forgotten my number? 
He hasn't forgotten your phone number. He knows your phone number and your address and your name. <coughs> and he's working by his grace. And so don't be jealous or envious of someone else who seems to have more opportunity in life, who seems to get the best friends, and you're saying, God, I want to just make friends. And it seems like they end up making all the good friends so quick. Say, God, I'm going to learn and grow. I'm going to watch them and see how they do it and maybe learn something. So you can get angry or jealous or afraid, or you can choose to watch and learn so that you can grow better. That's really hard because it takes grace and faith to do that. But here we see in the body of Christ, it says we are to grow. How? As each part does its work. To grow in Christ, to grow in numbers, to grow in faith, to grow in strength, to grow in maturity, to grow in unity, to grow in wisdom, to grow in knowledge, to grow in grace, to grow in understanding, to grow in love, to grow in fruit. And you can look at so many others all through the Bible. Jesus talked about growth. <coughs> Wherever the Spirit of God was, there was growth and increase and change. And I've found when you're being stretched, God's growing your capacity. I love the picture of a balloon. You know, this nice little tight balloon, you start blowing. It's bigger and bigger and bigger and you think it's going to burst and you do about three more blows and it's still there. But when that balloon is let down, that balloon is always bigger than it first started because it'll never go back to its capacity because it's been stretched. And so when you go through a spiritual experience and, and God throws you the challenge to lead a life group or to, to pray for someone to come to Christ or to step out and keep sowing a in evangelism and loving people. If God gives you that opportunity, you will be growing and your capacity will be expanding. Sometimes you can't see it, but everyone else can. That's why it's good to have good friends who can speak the truth in love. We need those mirrors, those reflectors in our hearts and our lives. So God wants us to grow in capacity. Mentally, every time you read, every time you study and memorize and teach others what you've learned, you're growing in your capacity. You mightn't think it, but it is growing and increasing. Every time you worship and stretch yourself a little bit more, whenever you create something and make it and design it, and whatever you do, it's creating and increasing your capacity. And that's where our God has made us. He's given our brain an amazing capacity. He's given our spirit with an amazing capacity. And so often we settle for way less than what God has called us to do. And I believe God's stirring us to be willing to grow. I've had to learn to say, God, keep growing me. Keep expanding me. And I come from a, a small farming background, and I was very shy and fearful of people. And God has just constantly kept throwing me into the deep end and saying, grow. Grow. I'll be there to help you. <clears throat> because he loves us, and his perfect love drives out fear. Another picture we have in the Bible is of trees that grow. And uh, I've brought along my little tree tonight. This is my uh, little tree. It's not going to grow much because I pulled it out of the ground this afternoon. But that tree, it comes from these little seeds, these gum nuts. There's some uh, green gum nuts and there's a ripe gum nut in here. These are ripe gum nuts that when they fall into the ground, 
this tree grows. So that probably happened a few months ago. And with all that rain, it's, that's grown that much probably in about uh, eight to ten weeks. And if that tree would have been left in there, in about 15 to 20 years, it would be 25 or 30 metres tall. Starts from that little gum nut. Little seed falls in the ground. It's got the right environment, lies there until it gets enough rain. And then it starts to shoot. And then this happens. And that's probably about eight or ten weeks growth because we had all that rain and it just took off like a rocket. And I've got trees of this size on my property and they're probably 10 to 15 metres tall. And if I leave them another 10 or 15 years, they'll be 25, 30 metres tall. And, and the Bible talks often about trees and growth. And sometimes we forget how amazing our life is that starts from a seed. How an idea can start for a business. An idea can start for a ministry in spite of God and how God wants us to grow. And for those who understand timber, and I've always enjoyed trees. I grew up in a farm with lots of trees, and my dad used to cut timber, and I've cut a lot of firewood, and we used to make posts. And, and when you cut across the trunk of a tree, you can see all the rings in the tree, you know, when you look at a branch or a tree. And if you look at that, those who work with trees can tell you how old the tree is because they count the number of rings. And they can tell you, Seven years ago, you had a real wet season because that's a wider growth band for that year. <clears throat> so the tree grows faster when there's really good wet conditions. When they have a drought year and there's hardly any rain, there'll be a very fine growth of wood for that year. <clears throat> that's a bit like our lives. Some years, it's like everything's happening. Some seasons, you're just growing new opportunities, expanding, learning, being stretched. Other times, it's like you're in a winter season. There's not much growth happening at all. Sometimes it feels like you're marking time. The leaves drop off and you think, wow, God, what are you doing? But I want to encourage you that God watches our lives. He says, I've planted you like oak trees. I've planted you. And God watches over our lives. And if we're willing to stay planted and you don't pull your life out by the roots like this one, if you stay planted in His Word and His presence and His kingdom and in His purpose for your life, let me tell you, you will continue to grow. It's the way God has created us and designed us. Psalm 92, 12 and 13 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Wow, so if you stay planted... You'll keep growing and you'll, be, you'll flourish. Isaiah 47.12 says, Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on the both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they'll bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. How awesome is that? God, you are the one who grows us like trees. Trees of righteousness. That God wants us to be like oak trees or large trees. And a tree that gets stronger is one that's had some winds buffeted. We've also heard about the bamboo trees that just shoot up and you can almost see them grow every day. They grow really quickly, but sometimes they get blown over just as quick. 
How come weeds grow so quick? I don't understand that. Grass and trees take long, but weeds shoot up really quickly. And within, within weeks, you've got weeds all over your garden, about half a meter tall. But they also wilt very quickly and they die quickly. But it takes longer to grow a tree that's going to last. So don't be discouraged if it's taking longer for you to learn the lessons of spiritual life, to, to learn how to walk in God's ways. Don't be discouraged. Keep on keeping on. Keep on growing. Keep on sowing the Word of God into your life. Keep on building His purpose for your life. One of the reasons we don't keep growing is because growth means change. And most human beings don't like change for the sake of it. Because change means stretching, pressure, getting out of your comfort zone. Wow. And none of us find that easy at times in our life. And it's a choice to keep on growing. I've found I have to choose to keep on growing. As a leader, there are times when I face my weaknesses and guess what? I don't want to grow because that's too hard. But after a while, I'll read a book and I'll face that and I'll talk to someone who knows how to do that better. And I'll say, Lord, I need to grow and learn in this area. It's an attitude or a choice. In relationship, if you just find you're struggling to build long-term trusting friendships, get beside some people who are better at it and say, hey, for some reason I struggle in this area of trust or acceptance or knowing how to just connect and build those sort of relationships. Can you teach me? The Holy Spirit's our best teacher. And if you ask Him, He'll take you to the Word. He'll teach you how to grow and learn and mature. And it's a learning process. And it never stops in this life. There'll be seasons where it will be uh, more rapid. But God wants us to grow and to face our fears. Because growth has great rewards. There's more capacity, greater influence. You get taller, larger. You grow. There's new opportunities come the larger and greater you grow in God. The more you grow in life, the more you grow in relationships, it's, it's awesome how we grow. And sometimes it's like the pruning comes. The tree gets pruned. Storm comes and some branches get knocked off. Some things we thought were going to keep going forward get setbacks. That's where you've got to stop and say, God, what are you doing? What's happening? Is the enemy ripping this off of me? Or have you allowed some things come so I can start to refocus on what you want me to be? And God sometimes will get you to stop because the parts in the body help each other in the growing process. When, when a body is growing, the cells are multiplying, the basic building blocks increase. What are some of the forces and pressures that can, uh, that can stop or minimize our growth? Naturally, if you don't eat the right food, you're not going to grow. If you don't have clean air to breathe, you're not going to grow. Emotionally, if you don't have the right people around your world, you may not grow. And the storms that come, the negative attitudes that you can get, we all have them, this is too hard. I can't do this. Other people say, no, you're just not created for that. The, de the enemy will attack your identity and your goals. But I find the greatest challenge is the desire for comfort and our own flesh tries to slow us down. 
God's calling you to step up and stretch out. But our flesh and our comfort will say, no, that's too hard. That's for the super saints. That's for the, the spiritual heroes. God says, no, I've called you to be an overcomer. I've called you to know how to reach out in faith and pray the prayer of faith and see someone else come into the kingdom. I've called you to sow seeds and keep loving people until they are convinced that Christ is real. I've called you not to give up on praying for your family. I've called you to keep growing in the Word of God until that becomes your natural response in life instead of the old ways of anger or, or escapism or trying to um, find another way to deal with the pressure. Because when you grow in Christ, the Spirit of God will keep calling you and that becomes your first response, not your last cry. That's when you know you're growing in maturity. When you're under pressure at work, when those offenses happen, you get shaken for a minute and you think, hold on, I can choose to go to the old ways of coping or I can choose to say, God, help me and teach me how to live unselfishly in this situation. <clears throat> and that's when you know you're growing. When those opportunities come, and I've found this over and over in my life, that initially you pull back for a bit and think, oh, that's just too hard. But then within days you think, no, God, if you've called me, you're going to equip me and you're going to make a way. Because the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And the word power is dynamite power and also it means ability. So God, if he calls you to be a son or daughter of the king, if he calls you to follow him, he will also give you the ability and equip you to do it. John, uh, James 1, 13 to 15 says, when, when you're tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So here we see sin can grow and darkness can grow just like good things can grow. Bad stuff and evil will grow if it's not addressed and dealt with. And that can happen in our own lives, in our communities, in our neighborhood. How do we deal with that? Sin and selfishness, you've got to surrender it to Jesus. You've got to bring it to the cross. That's why worship times, devotions, in our prayer groups or in our life groups where we're together with accountable friendships, we can be challenged say, hey, you're made for better stuff than this. Why are you choosing to go down that selfish route? You can speak the truth in love, and we all need someone accountable like that. If you're married, often it's your, your spouse. If you've got good friends or family or in a life group where you keep each other supported and accountable, that's how we break through. And God really has created things to grow. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I planted the seed... Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. How awesome. I don't have to get up every day and go out to this tree and say, grow. If it was planted, it would stay. This would take a lot of faith to get this growing now because I've ripped it out by the roots. A child, you don't have to get up every day and say, grow, kid. Just grow. We've got these bigger clothes given to us by grandma. You've got to grow into them, kid. You don't have to do that. It will just happen automatically. Some of them grow so fast they miss about three sizes and they just keep on growing. 
God is not beating us up saying, you've got to grow as a Christian because his spirit within will cause you to grow. His word within has the power of a seed that will cause it to grow. His word will renew your mind so it will keep growing and increasing. The enemy is out to steal, kill and destroy, but God has come to give life and life more abundantly. And so we have to choose to remember that God has caused us to grow. The one who plants, and it says, So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they'll each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field and God's building. The Amplified says, I planted Apollos water, but God all the while was causing the growth. So neither is the one who plants nor the one who waters anything, but only God who causes the growth. An interesting uh, parable Jesus taught in Mark 4 verse 26. (coughs) He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle into it because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. A mustard seed is a tiny little seed you can hardly see, and it grows in this huge tree. How awesome is God? The seed of God's Word that says you're an overcomer can cause you to grow and be that overcomer. The seed of God's Word says, I've called you to serve and reach the lost. I've called you to love and minister to children across our city. I've called you to be a doctor or a nurse or a teacher or a carer or someone who can create and make things that others have not even thought about making yet. How awesome is that, that God gives you the power. I've called you to reach your people group and your family line. You might be the first Christian amongst them, but I've called you and I've given you the seed and the power and it will not stop until you fulfill your purpose. That's how awesome is our God. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow spiritually, mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. An interesting verse in Colossians 2.19 says, They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Wow, God causes our lives to grow. He causes the church and the body to grow. He is there setting it in motion, supporting it and encouraging it more and more. Thank God our faith grows. I want you to think for a moment, 12 months ago, how much you've grown in some area of your faith. Just think in one area. It might be in faith to trust God. It may be in faith to believe for finances. It may be in faith that God, you, what you put in me is going to happen. Whatever it is, God's called you and you, you learn and discover stuff. Me and technology are distant cousins. I'm not real good at it. But with God's grace, I refuse to give up. I I just keep learning. I learn at a slower rate than some of you guys. You just sort of look at it and you got it. You go out and get a new phone and in in two hours you've worked out all the things on it. I'm still resting a few months later saying, how does that work again? But I refuse to give up. 
And the key is you keep learning and don't give up because when you give up, that's when you stop growing. When you pull back, you say, God, that's too hard. That's when you stop growing. But God says, just keep growing because I'm going to help you get there. Second Thessalonians 1.3 says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. I pray that your heart and life is growing and increasing because that's God's heart and plan for our lives and for His kingdom. And lastly, the Holy Spirit brings freedom and increase. The book of Acts, there was no church. Holy Spirit gets poured out in Acts 2. All of a sudden, 3,000 people come to Christ. The Holy Spirit starts working through the believers. Miracles start happening. They start preaching with boldness. They start to care for one another, love one another. And we see the church grows rapidly, and it still is now right throughout the centuries. Acts 2, 17 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people, all flesh. Does that include you and I? Yes, it does. When the Spirit of God, the supernatural God, His Spirit comes in us, we are no longer limited just by natural abilities. That's why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are so powerful. That's why the fruit of the Spirit is so powerful. Don't limit yourself saying, oh, well, I'm just, I just can't grow and, and become that unselfish or that caring and giving. Don't limit yourself because with God, He can cause you to keep on growing and changing. You've got to say, Lord, your Spirit within me, the supernatural Spirit of God's within you, so do not stay limited. Watch what you say about yourself and others because you can limit what God wants to keep doing in and through you. And there are certain anointings come and some people will always be better at certain things than you. Don't compete. But don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. The Spirit of God comes and lives get changed. The church grows and the Bible says that the kingdom of God will grow within you. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it or stop it. And the church is you and I. It's not this building. It's not some organization. It's you and I. And tonight, I want to encourage you that God has called you to grow. He's designed you to grow. He's made you to keep on growing in every area of your life. And if there's an area in your life, you say, well, that's just too hard and I think I'm stuck. And sometimes we get stuck from fear, disappointment. Other people's opinions say, you could never be that. Some of you have had an authority figure or, or someone say, you could never do that. Who said God's Word is greater? You can succeed. Some of you have got seeds of building businesses, creating and designing things, building relational networks that are going to bring good to our city and our community. You can do it because God said, I want you to grow. Some of you have got passion to do missions and other areas. Don't settle for less. Because if God started it, He's planted the seed, it will grow and increase will come. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.